Well, we came to declare victory over the virus, and I'm going to pick up where I left off last week. We're going to continue going right at this virus. I want to preach a message to you today called, Are You Contagious? Turn to the person next to say, Are You Contagious? Are you contagious? Our world is contagious with fear right now. We've got people going around with the masks and the suits, and they're <laughs> taping off certain areas. They're putting people in quarantine. In fact, right now in China alone, 40 plus million people in quarantine out of fear. Fear is contagious. It's like a virus. In fact, news reports are saying the greater virus right now is not the coronavirus. It's actually the pandemonium that's stirring. People trying to buy everything on the shelves. Toilet paper is out at grocery stores. People are stirring up this fear, this fear about the economy, this fear about the future. But as for me and my house, we're going to lift up a shout of faith, a shout of victory. We're going to lift up a spirit of hope in the midst of fear and panic. You see, I want to preach to you today that, yes, fear is contagious, but faith is contagious. Yes, this virus might be contagious, but victory is contagious. And we came as a church to declare victory over the virus. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. You already are, God, but I pray right now that you would arrest everyone's mind and heart that has been full of distraction, that has been full of dissipation, that's been full of a depression, an oppression, a fear, a panic, a lethargic spirit. And I thank you for the energy of the Holy Spirit flowing in this place today. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, say amen. Oxford and Stanford did a research on whether or not people are contagious with their emotions, whether or not people are contagious with their attitudes. And they came to the discovery that everywhere we go, we are spreading something. That a room literally changes based on someone's attitude and their perspective, and their outlook on life. You are contagious. Whether you like it or not, you are contagious with something. You're either contagious with fear, or you are contagious with faith. You are the, you're either contagious with apathy, or you are contagious with energy. You are either contagious with joy, or you are contagious with oppression. What happens in the room when you walk in? How do you make people feel? Do you make people feel bigger or smaller? Because you're the most intelligent person in the room. Have you ever met someone who's just so bought into their own smartness that no one's as smart as them? Big pe I've never met a big person who makes other people feel small. Big people make other people feel bigger. They just make the room enlarged with encouragement. I've never met an encouraging person that makes everyone feel oppressed. They just spread a, a, an aroma, a fragrance. They're contagious with encouragement. In fact, Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. In this verse, it says, bad company is contagious. The company you are with will affect your outlook on life. The TV shows you watch. This is, this is listen, fear sells. Fear sells. The ratings go up when there's something to be afraid about. Fox knows it, CNN knows it, MSNBC knows it, ABC knows it, NBC, all the C's, they all know it. 
They all know it. They know that if we can pump up a hurricane or a tornado or a death, a virus, if we can stir that up, oh, we'll get the ratings up. Millions of people will tune in because everybody buys fear. It's time to put fear out of business. It's time to stop buying that stuff that the enemy has been selling. Listen, this is contagious. Bad attitudes are contagious. Stress is contagious. Fear is contagious. But so is hope. So is love. So is faith. So is victory. Come on, it's time to make victory go viral in our nation, in our city, in our state. It's important that we're aware of what's going on around us. It's one thing to be alert. It's another thing to be anxious. It's one thing to be prepared. It's another thing to be in panic and pandemonium. Oh, you can't do anything, can't travel, can't leave your home, can't go to church, can't go to the mall, can't go to school, can't talk to your parents, can't talk to your kids, can't touch anyone, can't look at anyone. Quarantine yourself, isolate yourself, live in fear, bow down in a fetal position. But I came to stir up a contagion of faith in the church at victory. Some of you have quarantined yourself with a spirit of fear. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God has not infected you with a spirit of fear. Whoever infected you with fear, it wasn't God. Whoever, whatever has infected you with panic, it didn't come from the Holy Spirit. God has infected us with power, love, and a sound mind. You know what's crazy is the flu has killed more people than the coronavirus. The common flu has killed just in the last two or three months 20,000 plus people, 34 million people infected by the common flu. But we don't freak out about that. We don't run to the grocery stores buying everything out. We don't stop flying because the flu's been around for years. I just took my son with me to go preach in Los Angeles, and uh, people were like, I don't know if you should do that. But I took Benny, and we walked into the plane. There's a picture of us. The pilots, they were so nice. He was so happy. They were so kind to him, and, and he was so excited to have some one-on-one -on -one time. I underestimated what it would be like to bring a four-year-old with me by myself to go preach. And I was preaching at Pastor Matthew Barnett's church, and as we got on the plane, there was a few people with masks, you know. And we get ready to come to our seats, and this woman, she's got her gloves on. She's got her mask on. She's just looking at us like, don't you dare sit next to me. These two seats are empty. I want them to stay empty. But I'm like, those are our seats, you know. And so I'm like, can we get in there? So we start to get in. She's scooting like four feet back, five feet back, six feet back. And as she starts to come back to her seat, Benny goes, achoo. And she goes, oh, my goodness. Don't you sneeze near me. I'm like, we don't have the virus. But fear pandemonium has taken over the world. And a world that's afraid needs a church that's courageous because courage is contagious. Courage is contagious. I met another mom that was there in Los Angeles with her kids, and, and they were so thankful we came to preach there. And she said, you know, I don't know why people are getting in such a frenzy, just overreacting so much. And she said, you just got to live. You just got to live. And it just rang in my ears. You just got to live. Say that with me. You just got to live. You got to live. If we live our entire lives with fear, 
with worry, with anxiety. Guys, can I tell you, since the beginning of time, there has been viruses going on. There's been sicknesses going on. There's been sin going on. There's been darkness going on. There's been tornadoes. There's been earthquakes. There's been volcanoes. There's been shootings. There's been killings. There's been genocides. You just got to live. You can't wake up every day with fear. You got to wake up every day saying, I'm going to make the most of this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad. And the enemy wants us to be oppressed to walk around with a heavy heart, constantly talking about what's negative, what's negative, what's going on in the world. Jesus was with the disciples in Mark chapter 4, and they were on a boat, and they were going across the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden a storm came, and the storm revealed what was lingering in the disciples all along. All of a sudden the disciples are stirred with fear, But it was fear that they had never confronted. It was fear that they had grown up believing. Fear had been something that had been passed down to them from their parents, from their grandparents. That anytime there's a storm, you need to be afraid. You need to be terrified. You need to be freaked out. You need to panic because that's what we do. As humans, we freak out anytime there's anything that could scare us. And so all of a sudden, they're afraid. They're stirred with fear. And they wake Jesus up. And they accept it in their mind. We're going to die. So they say, Jesus, Master, don't you care? We're about to die. This storm is going to kill all of us. And I love how Jesus breaks in the middle of their fear, and he says, why are you, verse 40, why are you afraid? Oh, ye of little faith. You see, fear is contagious. When one person starts to spread fear, it starts to spread across the room. Just like when, so, when someone starts to spread a negative report, it starts to spread across others. Complaining can turn into a cancer. It begins to, people just start complaining, complaining. This happened in the Old Testament when God was trying to lead the Israelites into a land of, of, of promises, into a future of hope and prosperity and victory. He was leading them out of slavery into victory. And in Numbers chapter 13, if you got your Bibles, you could turn there. Numbers 13 verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses and he said, send men to spy out the future. I want you to send some spies to go into the land where I'm about to take you. Can I tell you, God's about to take you into greater days. God's about to take the church into a greater level of impact. God's about to take victory into its best days yet. God's about to take your business into your best days yet. God's about to take your marriage into your best days yet. But listen, here's the question. Do you believe it? Because I already feel a spirit of, of cynicism going, ah, no, nah, not us. Only for the, you know, the perfect people. Only for the people who've got it all together. Only for the special people. Only a few people get to live the best days yet. Who says? Who says that only a few people get to live in victory? Who says that only a few families get to walk in prosperity? Who says only a few marriages make it? Who says only a few young kids grow up to be great in the eyes of their parents and in the eyes of God? Listen, you are a child of God. And the Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, Victory. I have plans to give you hope and a future. What Bible are we reading when we believe that the best days are behind the church? Well, we need to go back to the past because the past are the best days. And the glory days were in the 80s. No, no, no. The glory days are right here. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. 2020, who would have thought, Ron, that you and I, that we would be in the same church? Who would have thought, AJ, you would be here for such a time as this? What a time to be alive. So Numbers 13, they said, oh, okay, all right. 
We're going to go, and we're going to check out the future. We're going to see what it looks like. We're going to spy out the promised land. Verse 23, verse 23. They came to the valley of Eskal, and there they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. One cluster. Everybody say one cluster. The cluster was so big. (laughs) I gave my son Benny just two days ago a small cluster of grapes that we got in California where I went to preach. And it could fit in his hand. A cluster of grapes could fit in in the palm of a four-year-old's hand. But this cluster of grapes in the future where God was about to take the Israelites was so big they had to carry it between the two of them on a pole. That's some big grapes. (laughs) How about them grapes? Guys, what I'm trying to say is the future's bright. It's great. He was trying to say, listen, there's so much more in front of you. Don't get stuck in the wilderness. Don't get stuck in fear. Don't get stuck in panic. The enemy wants to paralyze the church and keep us stuck in a spirit of fear. Can't leave our homes. Can't go to work. Can't go to church. Can't go anywhere. We're quarantined. We have self-quarantined ourselves because we're afraid. That's what it does. Fear quarantines you. It isolates you from community. It isolates you from faith. It isolates you from places where people are gathering to worship and pray. And the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering. I'm all for online church, but do not forsake the assembly of the brothers and sisters. I'm talking to you online. If you can get out of your house, come. Come, come, be a part of a community right here that's gathering. There's power in numbers. There's power in numbers. There's power in faith-filled numbers that are walking in victory. All right, so, so then they come back in verse 27, and they said, we got the report. We spied it out. We went to the land where you sent us, and it truly is prosperous. It flows with milk and with honey. All right, listen to the report. They're spreading. They're spreading. They're spreading. They're spreading. I came to spread a report to you this morning. I'm sneezing on you this morning. I came to cough on you this morning some faith. Get your coffee filters up. (laughs) So we went, we went to the land and it was great. It was prosperous. There's so much fruit. The fruit is huge. Verse 28. Nevertheless. Okay, all of a sudden the report changes. What what are they spreading right now? They're spreading. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. We saw giants in the land. The Amalekites live there. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Canaanites, they're all there. There's no way we can get through them. Verse 30, Caleb quiets the report. Notice the difference of the contagion. One contagion is spreading fear while the other contagion begins to spread hope. Watch as Caleb begins to spread this virus. He comes in the midst of this virus of fear, this virus of discouragement, this gossiping report about the future. And he says, let us go up at once and take possession, victory, for we are well able to overcome the parasites. We are well able to overcome the giants. We are well able. Somebody say, we are well able. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not. We are not. Watch this. There's this contagious battle going on, a battle of viruses, a battle of contagions, fear against faith, hope against hopelessness, encouragement against discouragement, apathy against energy. We might as well stay here. We've seen our best days. We can't go in. We're not well able. Listen to what they say in verse 31. 
we are not, 31, verse 31, we are not well able to go against this. They are stronger. We are weaker. They're more alive. And we're dying. The report was contagious. In verse 32, they gave the children of Israel a bad report. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Who are we to stand against the giants? We are like, verse 33, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. I honestly think the infection starts between the ears. It's a battle between the ear. It's in the mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Who or what has infected your thoughts? Who or what has infected your mindset, your belief system? I, every time I get up to preach, every week, I know I am battling a virus in the mind. I know it. I can feel it from stage. I know I am battling right now someone who's in the room who has grown up in a home with a bad father, and they just cannot trust, as I'm speaking things about God being a good father, there's a virus that's battling against the virus of faith. There's, there's always a mindset. Who or what has infected your mind? You, so, some of you have been around so much negativity. You work in an environment with a bad report. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands if you work around some negative people because they might be in the room. <laughs> if you live in a house with some complaining people, complaining is like a cancer. It just begins to spread, that complaining spirit. Ah, oh, it's never good enough. Nothing's ever good enough. No. Everywhere we go, I just always, I've got a critical eye. I just see what's wrong with everybody. I just know how to complain. I'm, I'm a professional complainer, and it spreads. And in 14, verse 1, Numbers 14, verse 1, all the congregation lifted up their voices. When they heard the bad report, it was contagious. It began to spread, and they began to weep. And the people wept that night in verse 2. All the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and they began to say, if only we had died in Egypt, or if we had died in this wilderness. Notice that they had gone in their mind to a spirit of defeat. They had accepted in their mind that their fate was death. And little did they know, God was going to show up. If they just stepped out, God was going to show up. When you step out with the spirit of faith, it's contagious. When you step up with the spirit, God gets, the angels begin to move on your behalf. The presence of God goes before you and behind you and around you and beside you. Don't give in to a spirit of hopelessness. I remember hearing this story about Nick who worked on the railroad yard. And true story, he was stacking carts stacking boxes in a refrigerated cart on the railroad rail, uh, train that was parked there, and he was stacking boxes when all of a sudden the door shut behind him. And when he tried to open the door, he noticed he was locked inside the refrigerated cart. It was about 4.45 p.m. People were getting off work, and all of a sudden he began to bang and scream, and people had left. And he realized they're not coming back until tomorrow at 8 a.m., and he started to think, I'm going to die in this refrigerated cart. I'm going to freeze to death. And as he began to think these thoughts of fear and panic and worry, it just overtook his mind, his heart. He started having panic, panic attacks. This is what panic does. It just cripples you. 
he sat in that railroad car and he found a pen in his pocket and he took one of the cardboard boxes, a piece of it, and he began to write his final note to his wife and kids. The next morning, they were walking and they came across this cart and they were checking all the carts and they saw Nick in there. They found him. He was frozen to death. They found his note that he had written. On the note, he said, it's freezing in here. I'm not going to make it. I know I'm going to die. It's already happening. I love you. I miss you. You know, all these notes that he wrote to his wife and kids. The strange thing was when they checked the temperature in the cart, it was 70 degrees. I sleep in 70 degrees every night when my wife doesn't sneak in and turn the heater up. And he, sh- he should have lived. There was plenty of oxygen. He, he easily could have lived. They couldn't understand. Even scientists, people in the hospital, they were trying to figure out how did he die here? It was in the mind. They've said people who are falling from a tall building oftentimes die from the panic in the moment. The panic, it's like the panic overtakes them and they're gone. They've already accepted their fate. This man had already accepted his thoughts as a man thinketh, as a woman thinketh. When you think in fear of your children, when you think in fear of your life, it begins to overtake your mind and your heart. It's contagious. This is why in numbers it was so important. These people believed a report and it spread and it canceled the promises that God wanted to lead them into. God has promises that are great for your life. God has great things for you, but you've got to rise up with the spirit of faith. We've got to rise up with the spirit of hope. We've got to rise up with power, love, and a sound mind. So I want the keys to come out because I want to read some scriptures of faith over you today. I want to remind you what you have in Jesus. Any believers in the room today? Any believers? All right. If you're not a believer, today is a great day to become a believer. What do I mean by a believer? I mean you believe in Jesus Christ. Our power doesn't come from our personality or from our last name or from what family we grew up in or what our parents handed off to us. Our power comes from the royal king of kings. You are royal blood. You have the king's DNA inside you. When you put your belief in Jesus Christ, you rise up with faith. Isaiah says those who wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like it. You want to get your energy back? You want to get your hope back? Put your trust in the Lord. Become a believer in his power, in his presence, in his principles, in his promises. Psalm 27, verse 1 says, the Lord is my light. David was reminding himself when he was going through a troublesome time. Death was trying to attack David. Fear was trying to attack. What do you do when panic begins to attack you? You attack panic back. When panic attacks, attack panic back. That's good. You should write that down. When panic attacks, attack panic back. How do I attack panic back? I attack panic with proclaiming the promises of God. All right, so Psalm 27, verse 1, David says, The Lord is my light. Just say this with me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 3. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart will not 
panic. The war may rise around me. In this I will be confident. Verse 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to keep going here. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Do not fear, for the Lord says, I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you, Paul. I will uphold you, Ashley, with my righteous right hand. Verse 13, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, John. Do not fear. I will be with you. Do not be afraid, Lucy. Do not be afraid, Doyle. Do not fear, for I am your God. I'm your redeemer, and I will help you. I will make you strong, says the Lord. Psalm 94, verse 19. Psalm 94, verse 19. In the multitude of my anxieties, I love this. David says, yes, in the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comfort delights. Your comforts delight my soul. In other words, your protection, your provision, your deliverance takes me out of anxiety, delivers me from anxiety. Psalm 91, I love this. We read it last week. I want to read it again. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you will take refuge. His truth will be your shield and your buckler. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Though a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, it will not come near your dwelling. Just a few weeks ago, I took our kids to the circus and I told them, I took all three boys. I said, the circus is what happens every day at our house, except for you pay tickets for it. And there's tigers and real clowns there. And um, so I took Liam, Benaya, and Mac and had them there. And all of a sudden, these clowns came out. And they were really weirded out by the clowns. As a kid, I used to be so scared of the clowns. And it was like they were just scary to me. And Mac was just kind of looking at this one clown. He was looking back. Some of y'all are like, get that clown off the screen right now. <laughs> But fear, it tries to stir up this anxiety of what's going to happen. And, and I could tell the boys, they were really concerned about these clowns and about the tigers. And I said, you don't have to be afraid. God has not given us a spirit of fear. As a kid, my parents, they used to pray over our bedroom. By the way, you could take authority in your house. They used to walk into our bed. They spread a contagion of faith in the, in the Darty house. They would just pray. They'd say, you know, there's angels outside. I told Liam and Benny and Mac, there's angels watching over you. Where are they? I can't see them. Just like you can't see the germs on your hands, but you got to have the hand sanitizer too. You, there's angels. You can't see them, but they are all around. Our, you got an angel with you right now in the outfield. You got an angel right now at your workplace. Come on. Go ahead, just flap your wings this morning. I see some angels in the room this morning. It's time to spread your wings this week. Someone needs you. You're an angel to someone at your workplace. It's time to spread a contagion of hope, of faith, of love, of peace. Every time I was afraid in high school, I would go to my counselor's office in our school. He was a guidance counselor. His name was Mr. Powell. And I would go into Mr. Powell's office, and I would go in with so much anxiety and stress about the future. I know I shouldn't be feeling like this. I was the pastor's son. 
Oh, but man, the enemy has no, the enemy attacks everyone. Even when you're saved, the enemy just keeps trying to stir up fear. Even when you're doing good, the enemy tries to tell you that it's not going to last long. The economy, something's going to happen. It just tries to stir up fear. And so I'd go into Mr. Powell's office, and he just had a calming, non-anxious presence. It was like his spirit, his personality, he was just non-anxious. You ever been around someone who's just like that? They're just peaceful. About five of us in the room have been around a human like that. You're like, they're rare. (laughs) But when I would go in there, man, he just, it was contagious. All of a sudden, his presence would calm me down. It was like an angel was in the room just calming me down. It's going to be okay. God's got this. I don't know what's going to happen. Mr. Powell, I don't know. I'm not going to get into college. I got C's and D's and... And I don't have a great GPA, and nobody's going to like me, and I'll never get married. And I drink too much Mountain Dew. I'll never have kids. You know, he would just calm me down, calm me down. Peace. He was contagious with peace. Are you contagious? What are you spreading? Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, you will keep her. Hey, moms, guess what God's going to do for your daughter? God is going to keep your daughter in perfect peace. God is going to keep you. Hey, fathers, guess what God's going to do for your daughter, for your son? God's going to keep you and him and her in perfect peace. All who trust in God, all whose thoughts are fixed on God will have peace no matter what storm they're walking through. Anxiety does not have to control you. You don't have to be on Xanax the rest of your life. You don't have to be on Ambien and Lexapro the rest of your life. You can get sleep tonight. You can trust that the angels of God's army are encamped around your house. Let me, let me show you something. Look at the word anxiety. I want you to just look at this for a moment. Anxiety. What is the letter that's at the center of this word? I. I. I'm afraid. I. I. I don't know what to do. I, 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 anxiety just is, is so I focused. You know what other word has I in the middle? Pride. Pride. At the root of anxiety is this pridefulness of me. I, 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 I can't control this. I can't handle this. I, I'm afraid. I'm worried about this. I'm, I'm so concerned. I, I, I'm so anxious about this. I, I'm so afraid of what's going on in the world and what in the world is happening. I, 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 I. The only way we cure anxiety is to get our mind off of I and get our mind back on the great I am, to get our heart not fit. Listen, I was never meant to sit on the throne of my heart. If I is sitting on the throne of my heart, of course I'm going to be anxious. Of course I'm going to be stirred with fear. I've got to remove I off the throne of my heart and put the great I am back on the throne of my heart. And that is contagious, man. That is contagious. This last week when I came back home with Benny, we were walking through the airport and in Tulsa, and this man stopped me. He said, hey, pastor. Hey, pastor. I've got a picture of him. He said, I'm spreading victory, my man. I'm spreading victory. His name's Dayu. He goes to Victory Church. I said, you're contagious, Dayu. He said, oh, yeah, I am contagious with victory. Everywhere I go, look at that card. It's time to experience victory in your life. What are you spreading in your workplace? What are you talking about? What are we sitting around and just gossiping about people, slandering, and the world's going, yeah, yeah, the church is contagious. I just don't know what they're contagious with. 
They're contagious with gossip. They're contagious with intimidation, insecurities, and fears. Not at this church. I'm so thankful when I come in here, this place is contagious with love. This place is contagious with authenticity. This place is contagious with the Holy Spirit, with the presence of God. This place is contagious with courage. Mm, Man, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. You need to get infected with hope this morning. You've been infected with depression for too long. You need to get infected with hope. The enemy has been robbing you of your peace. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the disciples were in one accord and they were, and they were stirring up faith and they were praying, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. And tongues of fire, like tongues of fire, a wind came sweeping into the room. And they began to speak in other languages. It was contagious. It was spreading like a wildfire. There's power in praying in the Spirit. And if you haven't received that this morning, I want to pray for you to receive that here at the end of service. There's power, y'all. We have have a Holy Spirit that wants to indwell in every believer. Come on, am I preaching to a faith-filled church this morning? Don't leave yet. We're going to take communion together. And I'm telling you, this service is about to just go off here in just a minute. In fact, if you don't have your communion elements and you would like to take communion with us, just raise your hand. Our ushers are going to step out and pass it out to anyone who didn't receive it when you came in. Just keep your hand up. They'll come and find you. They'll come and find you. Last week, we took communion together because I felt like the the Lord was speaking to me. Paul, take communion with the church. Communion is a remembrance of what Jesus did. His his body is equivalent to the bread we take. what he poured out on Calvary, his blood that he shed for us for the remission of our sins, the juice that we take. And it's a reminder of what happened to the Israelites in Egypt when they were in slavery, they were in bondage. Pharaoh kept on holding them back from the promise that God had for them. And um, it's powerful because the final plague that came was the spirit of death. There was 10 plagues. The final plague was the spirit of death. And God told Moses, Moses, tell all the Israelites, all the children of God, to take a spotless sacrificial lamb and take the blood of that lamb and put it on the doorposts. And whatever house has the blood on it, they'll be covered from the virus, covered from the plague. Because the blood is stronger than the virus. The blood is stronger than fear. The blood of Jesus is stronger than your sin, stronger than your guilt, stronger than your shame, stronger than your discouragement, stronger than your depression. It's stronger this morning than your heavy heart. And, And so they would put the blood of Jesus on there. And it would protect them. If you ever saw the the prince of Egypt, when that spirit would come through the land, as soon as it saw the blood, it would go away from the house. It would divert away from the house because it was protected. They were delivered. Well, last week I said, okay, God, we took communion. We'll we'll take it again on Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, which is in about five, six weeks. And I heard God say, no, 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 you got to do it again. Do it again this week. So I, I, this week I was preparing. I was like, Lord, I, I, I just don't want to repeat the same thing. And God said, you got to do it again because the enemy is trying to stir up fear. And this is a time to speak to that spirit of fear. Fear is contagious, but victory is contagious. The blood of Jesus is contagious. Everything the blood touches gets redeemed. Everything, every, oh, my goodness. Man, I'm preaching to me this morning. I'm going to watch this again. Jesus. The blood of Jesus is contagious. What can wash away my sins? 
Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Jesus took that last supper with his disciples and he said, I'm, I'm forming a new covenant with you. And this covenant is contagious. This is why in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit poured out, it was the fulfillment of the prophetic word Jesus was speaking. I'm sending you a comforter. And everywhere you go, he's with you. And everything, oh, Peter, you don't even realize it. You feel ashamed right now because you failed. Peter failed. And he was feeling so shamed. Uh, ashamed out of his failure. He felt discouraged. He, he told Jesus, I'll never forsake you, and he did. And the rooster crowed to confirm it. But Jesus was saying, Peter, the Lord's going to restore you. Just like your shame feels like you've missed it and, it, and it's just overtaking every part of your body, I want you to know that there's restoration for you. And in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit's poured out, Peter rises up with this contagious courage. And he begins to preach. And, and, and people in Acts chapter 2, they tried to contain the disciples. They said, we need to quarantine these guys. They are drunk. They are speaking in other tongues. We don't know what to do with this rowdy, charismatic, faith-filled church over here. We just need to keep them in their corner. But it couldn't stay in the walls on Pentecost. It began to spread into the streets of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it began to spread like wildfire. People started getting saved. The same guy who was labeled as a failure, God used to be the greatest preacher in the New Testament, leading thousands of people to Christ all through the book of Acts. They couldn't just stop there. They started laying hands on the sick. People started getting healed. Everywhere Peter's shadow went, people started. It was contagious. There was healing in the atmosphere. There was salvation in the It was in the air. It was like everywhere they sneezed, people were getting healed and saved. There's power. In the blood of Jesus. The Bible says don't take communion in an unholy manner. So this morning, would you just close your eyes with me? An unholy manner would be to take communion not in reverence for God. And reverence for God begins with surrender to God. It begins with repentance. It begins with recognizing that his righteousness is what we need. Recognizing that we've sinned. But his mercies are new every morning. And he wants to forgive you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to wash you. And maybe you came in this morning you just... You've been doing things that you know aren't right. You've said things. You've thought things. You've, you've gone places. You've, you just feel like, man, you're, you're not right right now with God. Before we take communion, I want to give you a chance to make things right, to receive his forgiveness, to receive his righteousness, to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. God, I need your forgiveness. Lord, I repent. The things I've thought, the things I've said, the, the feelings, the emotions, the, the things I've just overreacted on, the, the actions I've committed, the sins that I've committed. God loves you so much. He loves you even in your darkness. He loves you even when you feel so far from him. He says, come close, draw near to the Lord, and he will draw near to you. Come as you are with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, man, things aren't right, it's time to come out of quarantine. It's time to surrender today to say, Jesus, I need you. The enemy wants to isolate you from your healing, from your salvation, from your victory. But God says, draw near. Come out of quarantine. Come to your healer. Come to the cure. Come to the Savior. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. You're saying, I need God's forgiveness today. I need God's healing in my heart. I need God. I need his help. I need his hope. I need his salvation. Yeah, hands going up from the left to the right, from the front to the back. 
Just say this with me. Say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I repent of sin and I receive your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead. And I confess you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Jesus took the bread. Yeah, you can go ahead and open that up today. If you're watching online, I encourage you to go, go grab some bread from your kitchen. Go get some juice. Do this with us. Take communion in your home today. There's power in remembering what Jesus did. He said, my body is broken for you. Take this bread and eat it and remember what Jesus did for us today. We know that there is salvation in Christ alone. Let's receive it today. Next, he took the cup and he said, this cup represents my blood poured out for you on Calvary. This juice is a reminder that my blood is stronger than the virus. It's stronger than your sins, stronger than your fears. So today as we drink it, we remember what Jesus has done for us. Come on, let's drink today. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you are thankful for God, give him praise today. The ushers are going to pass by a bucket. You can just drop this in the bucket. And as they do, I want to finish this sermon. I feel like I need to just stir you with faith today. Anybody getting infected with hope today, with faith today, with peace today? He's going to give you peace this week. He's going to give you hope this week. He's going to give you strength this week. He's going to give you victory this week. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against you. There's a moment where Jesus was walking down a mountainside after preaching, Matthew chapter 8. And lepers, they were quarantined to their own colony. They couldn't come near society. But when this one leper heard that Jesus was coming, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 2, it says, He broke out of quarantine. The Bible says, draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you. As the leper started moving towards Jesus, I'm so glad we have a God who's willing to meet us right where we're at. Who's not intimidated by our sickness. Who's not intimidated. He's not disgusted by your sin. He's not disgusted by your hurt, your shame, your offense. And the leper heard that Jesus was coming and so he, he got closer to Jesus. Not too close though, because he knew he had to keep a distance. He was infected. So he said, Lord, if you're willing, I know you can make me clean. I'm ready to be done with this quarantine. I'm ready for healing. I'm ready for victory. I'm ready for the best days of my life. I believe the best days are still in front of me. You got to believe. When you start believing your best days are in front of you, you start taking actions that produce that faith. Faith without works is dead. This leper had faith to believe the best days were still in front of you. I'm, I'm declaring to someone today who's given up hope, your best days are still in front of you, but you got to get out of quarantine. You got to move towards hope. You got to move with faith. Contagious faith takes actions. So this leper began to move. He said, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I love the, let me just say this right here. I, I, I want to point out to, to you, Jesus saw the man before anyone else saw him. People probably, as they started to see him, they started reacting, kind of drawing their distance. 
Jesus saw him. Jesus sees you. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you in the back. He sees you in the front. He sees you on the sides. He sees you. He sees you in Brazil. He sees you in Belize. You are not hidden from his eyes. Everywhere you go, he sees you. He loves you. And he's not looking down on you with regret, with shame, with hurt, with anger. He is madly in love with you. He sees you and he hears you. He hears the prayers that you haven't even said out loud. He hears the unspoken prayers. He hears the cries of your heart. He Here's what you're going through. As this leper began to speak, Jesus heard him. But the third thing, I love this. Jesus, before he even heals him, he touches him. They say that the virus spreads the most through touch, through contact. Everyone was afraid to touch this man because he was infected. What gave Jesus courage to touch an infected man is Jesus was infected with something greater. When, oh, Jesus. Jesus didn't even heal him yet. He just wanted to touch him. He just wanted the man to know you matter. I love you. And the infection in you doesn't stand a chance against the infection in me. Jesus was so infected with love, so infected with power, so infected with the Father's approval that he could lay right there. And he said, be made whole. And the man was cleansed. He was healed immediately. I believe that the healing is connected to your faith, your faith in Jesus Christ. When we release our faith, he meets us right there. Contagious. Uh, Billy Graham said this, that courage is contagious. When one man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. As this leper stepped out, we would see more stories of lepers stepping out and getting healed, breaking out of quarantine. In fact, there's a story in the Old Testament when these four lepers, they were in quarantine and, and, and they were about to die. And the rest of their city was in, uh, in walled. They were surrounded by enemy armies and they were dying too. Even the people that weren't infected, they were dying too. The four lepers were outside the wall. No one wanted to come near them. And the enemy's camp was just a mile away. And they said to themselves, we can sit here and die or we can move towards victory. And who knows that if we get to the place where the enemy's camp is at, that maybe, maybe we might live. If we die, we die. We're going to die here. We might as well try. And when they rose up with faith, God multiplied their steps. And when they stepped into the enemy's camp, when they broke out of quarantine, it was so contagious. I'm telling you, the entire, all the spoils were theirs. They started living their best days yet. They started sharing the wealth with others. God has called us to move with faith. God has called us to rise up with faith. God has called us to take steps of faith. Just this last week, I was getting calls, emails from people all over the world saying, your message on victory over the virus, we're watching it in South Korea. And right now we've been quarantined. We haven't been able to go to work in the last few weeks. But your message is giving our family hope. Your church is giving our family hope. We had people all over the world. We gave an offering. We're giving an offering to people who are in need in Brazil. They went through a flood and they're overwhelmed with despair and discouragement. But when they heard there's a church in Tulsa that's rising up with faith and generosity, they were so encouraged by the love offering that we're sending their way to Sao Paulo, Brazil and Nashville. We're sending rescue teams. We are a church. Daniel, will you grab that flag? Because last week I talked about planting a flag of victory. Oh, there it is right there. Come on, Trey. Yeah. It's time to wave a flag of victory against the virus and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We refuse to retreat. We refuse to be the church that stays stagnant. No, no, no. We're going to move with faith. 
When OU beat Ohio State, Baker Mayfield took that flag and he waved it in Ohio State's face and he planted it. What was he saying? He was saying, we win, you lose. We got the victory. You could be mad at him, but I think we need to get that same attitude towards the devil and say, Satan, not today. You lose. Spirit of fear, you lose. Spirit of panic, you lose. You're not going to control us. We're going to rise up with faith. Oh, yeah, we'll walk in wisdom, but we are not going to be a church that overreacts in pandemonium. No, we are lifting up a banner of hope, a banner of victory for the age, for the islands, for the nations, for the generations. As for us, we will serve the Lord. We will rise up with hope. We will rise up with faith. Fear you do not hold us. I was with my kids. You got five minutes. I promise you I'll dismiss you in just five minutes. But I just, ooh, man, the Holy Spirit's speaking right now. I was with my kids this last week, and we were watching Hook. It was on TV, the movie about Peter Pan and Captain Hook. And um, they said, Daddy, who, who is Peter Pan? I said, it's that man. They said, no, 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 he's not flying. I said, I know. He's going to fly. They said, well, he seems, he seems kind of grown up. I said, yeah, he's a grown up. They said, what happened? I said, well, you know, he forgot who he was. He forgot. He forgot what he used to be. And so he stopped flying. He got so busy, he was on his phone all the time. He just forgot what it meant to be a kid. And, um, and so the kids, you know, they're, they're, they're listening to me and they said, so when you grow up, you forget how to fly? I said, yeah, you kind of do. You got to remind yourself that you still have that childlike faith. They said, what is childlike faith? They got all these questions. I said, all right, childlike faith is believing that anything is possible. It's believing that it, since when did Jesus tell the church to grow up and stop believing in miracles and believing that anything is possible? Some of us just grew up and we need to go back to that childlike faith. And Liam and Benny said, we can fly. I said, you can fly, you can fly, you can fly. Finally, at the end of the movie, Robin Williams, he's, he's trying to figure out how to fly because his kids have been kidnapped. He's trying to get his kids back and he's, he's discouraged. He's overwhelmed. He's trying everything he can to fly. Nothing's working until he stumbles into an old area where he was raised by Wendy. And, and he starts thinking about his childhood days and starts thinking these happy thoughts. He remembers when his baby was born. He remembers when he, when he wasn't working so hard, when he wasn't so busy, when he wasn't so stressed. And all of a sudden he opens his eyes and he's lifting off the ground. And Liam was so excited. He said, Daddy, he's remembering who he is. He's remembering he can fly. And I said, that's right. And all of a sudden he starts flying through the movie. And Liam looks at me. He said, Daddy, what's your happy thoughts? I said, my happy thoughts are you guys, your mom, and Jesus. And Liam says, my happy thoughts are you, Daddy. Benny says, yeah, my happy thoughts are you. And, uh, you know, I think there's so much power when we get our thoughts fixed on Jesus. When we get our thoughts fixed on faith, we start realizing, man, I've been overwhelmed with fear, with stress, with anxiety, and it's been contagious. I've been spreading it at my school with my people. I've been sneezing just stress and anxiety and panic in my house. It's time to start spreading faith again. It's time to remember that you're a child of God and you were born to soar. You were born to roar. You were born to be bold. The righteous are bold as a lion. It's time to get your victory back up there and say, not today, Satan. I am not depressed. I am not defeated. I am not discouraged. I am rising up with hope and I am planting my flag of victory. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna end with a song of praise but we're gonna end with the song of praise and thanksgiving. 
and we're going to give to God today. So if you're a believer, we believe there's power in our generosity. We're going to be contagious with our giving and touch people all over the world. You can stay standing or you can sit, but just grab an envelope, pull out your phone. We're going to text to give. The band's going to lead us in a song of faith and praise. And as we give to God today, we don't give out of a spirit of fear or reluctance or anxiety or worry. We give with a spirit of faith. Today, we're going to give and we're going to bless the nation of Brazil. We're going to bless the people in Nashville. We're going to be a church that extends our generosity beyond the people in our own walls. Of course, we're going to keep taking care of people right here in our church, in our city. But we're going to continue to bless those that are around us, those that are in need. And so today, as we give, the band's going to lead us in a song. Trey, will you come up here? Because I just feel like we need to lift up this flag of victory again. By the way, we do have these victory flags in the bookstore if you want to get one today. I had some business guys saying, I want to lift this up in my company. I want to lift this up at my home. We got some yard flags. If you want to get a victory yard flag, lift it up over your house. But as we sing this song, yeah, let's sing that blessing song. And we're going to give to God. So if you want to give, you can fill out an envelope, fill out a prayer request. It's at the end of your rows. You can pass them down or you can text to give. Do it online. Lord, I pray right now over every tithe this morning. I pray over those who are giving today generously. I thank you, God. You're a good God. Today, we give by faith. So, Lord, I thank you right now. Every offering, every tithe, God, that you see their needs. You see what they're walking through. And, God, I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. You are El Shaddai, our protector. Jehovah Nisi, our banner of victory. So today, God, we declare that we give to you with faith. And we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers are going to receive the offering. Let's just sing this song to God today. Go ahead. Yeah, let's run with that flag of victory. All the way around the top, Trey. You got it. He surrounds you with the song of deliverance. He surrounds you with victory. He surrounds you with victory. just feeling right now to attack this panic that's been attacking our nation. I just feel like I'm preaching to a group of people today that you are you are infected with faith. God wants to use you this week to spread it. If that's you, I want you to just leave your seat. Come down to this altar. If you're rising up with the spirit of faith in the midst of fear in your family, in your workplace, amongst people, if you've been surrounded a little bit with just a spirit of worry or fear or panic, or it's just like the enemy's been trying to accuse and attack and create a spirit of fear. But today, you're rising up with a spirit of victory, with the flag of hope. I just felt when Trey was running with that flag, man, and we were showing that, we were singing that song, it was like a declaration to tell the devil, you don't win, we got the victory. We declare in Jesus' name 
This virus has to go. We declare in Jesus' name healing for these patients. We pray in Jesus' name the blood of Jesus over those who've been infected. We pray right now, God, for a reverse of the curse, for a reverse of this virus. And God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that this church would be contagious with courage, contagious with victory, contagious with praise, contagious with your love, God, contagious with your compassion, God, that everywhere we go, we would spread hope like fire. We would spread love like fire. We would spread faith like fire in Jesus' name. Let's sing that again. Trey, will you encircle it again? Come on, you got this. Yeah, all the way to the top, baby. store this week. He's with you. His presence is stronger than the virus. His love is greater. His power. He's given you love, power, and a sound mind. He will keep you in perfect peace as you keep your mind stayed on him. Just say this with me. Jesus, I thank you that I have a spirit of faith, not a spirit of fear, but power love and a sound mind greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world i am more than a conqueror christ lives in me i have the victory i have hope i have peace i have joy in the holy spirit i'm contagious with your courage with your love with your compassion with the spirit of victory. I'm all yours, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you, victory.